Hey everybody, this is your host, LaVie. Welcome to Thrift Therapy, the podcast all about thrift life. Recycling, collecting, DIYing, all the ups and downs, ins and outs of thrifting. So glad you joined me for this thrift adventure. Hi everybody, welcome to Thrift Therapy. That track you hear playing in the background is none other than Kenny Rogers. I gotta be honest with you guys. I think Kenny Rogers is really handsome in this silver fox, gorgeous country boy kind of way. His beautiful hair and a full beard. And I always just thought he was really hot. I don't really know why. Yeah, he's a pretty good looking guy. But anywho, let me tell you a little bit about this record. The title track, obviously, this is The Gambler. And you may not know this, but Johnny Cash also recorded this song. It just happens that Kenny Rogers was released first and was such a big hit that that's who we think of when we think of this song. This is one of my all-time favorite country songs. And I think about this song on a lot of different occasions. It's a really good like, theme song for if you're dating, right? You gotta know when to hold them, you gotta know when to fold them. If you're doing a project, which is what made me choose the song today because I'm gonna be interviewing Chatty Crafty a podcast all about creativity, and sometimes you just got to know when to walk away and you got to know when to run from that project. What to do here, you know, what's the best move? So I use this song as a theme song on a lot of occasions. The rest of the album is pretty good. I'd give it three and a half nagels out of five. And the only reason it doesn't get a higher score is because I really only love two songs on the whole record. The rest of them are good. But the other song I really like is She Believes in Me, which is a really popular song as well. And those two songs put Kenny Rogers on the map as a crossover star, a country star, and a pop star. But this is his sixth record, so perhaps I enjoy more of his less popular work, but this is a good one to have in your collection if you see it out in the thrifting world. You should definitely get it, but expect to just like a handful of tracks. I definitely enjoy listening to the record though. It has some really nice melodies and rhythms, but even though the songs aren't great, they're very catchy, they kind of stick in your head, and you won't be annoyed. You know what? I'll give it four nagels. I changed my mind. So, definitely grab it if you see it out in the wild. Add it to your collection, and hopefully the title track will become a theme song of yours, too. I have a lot to share with you guys today. I'm very excited to finally get to talk to you about the Podocalypse that I attended last month. It was really fun, and it I haven't had a chance to sit and reflect on it and process it and get together some information to share with you about the podcasters that I really enjoyed talking to 
and I want to do that today. The other thing I want to do is offer some congratulations to my new assistant, Alyssa. She joined my team here at Thrift Therapy today, and I couldn't be happier. She's going to start working on the social media aspects of the show, and that's going to give me a lot of relief on Monday through Friday to be out in the social media world, getting information to you guys about the podcast that was already released, about the upcoming podcast, and I'm just so grateful to have her on board. She is a personal friend of mine too, so that makes it even better is that I'll get to spend time with a friend and work on the podcast simultaneously, which has turned out to be important since this thing takes more time than I ever thought it would. In other news, I had an awesome week of thrifting this week. So I'm going to take a minute to tell you guys about some of my thrift hauls. Now I'm going to start with the best find. I think any good thrifter really wants to start with the best find because you're just still all buzzing about it, right? Like that high carries on for a while. So I went to the Salvation Army yesterday on Saturday because I needed to go to Specs Liquor Warehouse to grab some booze. And I don't, I've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And then of course, every time I actually have the time, the liquor store's closed. So I finally said, well, look, if you take the time to go over there, look, you can stop at the Salvation Army on the way because it's near the specs that I like to go to. So I take the trek over there and I hit the Salvation Army and I walk in and it was just good vibes from the get go. I was grabbing a buggy and one of the workers there had some things in her hand that one of them really grabbed my attention. This little brass ducks that I thought were really cute. And I was like, is somebody getting those? And she said, no. And I said, well, I will. And so I put him in my buggy. So thank you for that. If anybody's listening from the Salvation Army at Braun Road in 1604, you're awesome. I appreciate you. And then I went to the belts and it was like a belt extravaganza. I bought maybe six belts for the thrift bags, all different sizes. And they are so cute. I got all these little macrame braided type belts, some with fringe, some without fringe. I got a couple vintage belts that I'm super excited to send to somebody. And they were all $1.99 each, so it was win, win, win. From that point on, I knew this is going to be an epic thrift trip, and I was not wrong. So I didn't really feel like looking at clothes. I, I don't know. It just I wasn't there for that. I just knew I wasn't there for that. The thrift gods told me, you are not here for clothes. And so I went through the little bins of junk that they have over near the curios, and I found a couple really cute purses. They're, they're not purses per se. They're like tote bags that double as purses, in my opinion. Those were also $1.99. One was $0.99 cents and one was $1.99. So I was pretty thrilled. So I keep going around. I start looking at all the china and the tchotchkes and the art. And 
And I wasn't finding anything I really needed to have. And then I rolled around to the rugs. I don't need any rugs. I think I have a rug in every room of my house at this point. So I'm probably good. So I wasn't really looking. I just happened to go buy them. But a rug caught my eye, even all rolled up backside out. Because the backside looked to be hand knotted. And it had this hand-sewn leather trim work on the panel, the outside panels of the rug that weren't fringed. So I was like, well, I definitely got to take a look at that because this could be worth some money perhaps. So I pulled it out, unrolled the whole thing. And of course, it's like 9 by 11. So that was kind of a, a big task in and of itself. And sure enough, this was a tribal pattern, hand-loomed, wool rug with the side fringe that had been cut from the loom and it was absolutely gorgeous in great condition and I knew I couldn't leave it. I knew it was a good find so I grabbed it. Flash forward to the ride home. I'm thinking you know I don't know what kind of rug that is but I'm thinking it might be Persian or Turkish or something. You know it's definitely got that vibe. So as soon as I get home, I start dragging my stuff in and my husband gives me the not another rug chuckle and eye roll. And I think, yeah, but this one is worth something. So just hold your horses. And we get online. I post a few social media posts. And after about an hour, some replies start flooding in about this rug. Turns out, you guys, that this rug is actually worth some money. It's hard to pin down the price exactly, but it looks like that it is Bakhtiari design that's in a panel garden pattern. It's one of their more common types of rugs, but they still sell for a, a little bit over $1,000, and they range in price online from $4,000 to $1,000 price range. And it seems to depend on how old it is, how finely knotted it is. There's some variables about the rug that I don't fully understand. But either way, I got a super deal on it because I paid $50. That's amazing. I'm super happy. It's gorgeous. I put it in my dining room. It looks really, really good. I already posted a picture on my Instagram page, which is Thrift Therapy Pod. So go over and check that out and tell me what you think about it. I think it's great. So that was one of my favorite finds of the week. It was just amazing. But that's not all. The day before I had gone thrifting because I was running some more errands and I ended up finishing about an hour early. I had to take a student teacher meeting, a parent-teacher meeting at my son's school, and I finished up, and right near there is a Goodwill I haven't gone to in a while, so I thought, well, I'll just stop by on my way to my office, because it's on the way, and I go in, and right when I walk in the door, I see a gorgeous tripod-style floor lamp, and I walk over to it, and it was tag still attached, you know how they make you tear off the bottom part of the tag. It was still attached, and it was only 
well, I mean, I, I don't want to say only. It was $40, so I was a little like, mm, I don't know. Let me carry it around with me in my cart. Yes, I put it in my cart, believe it or not, which was kind of awkward and hilarious. But I didn't want to leave it there, and I didn't want to make a decision yet. So the whole time I was there, I carried around with me. I found a bunch of really rad things, found a couple little purses, some cool little extra things that I ended up getting, a rattan breakfast server, breakfast in bed server, just little things like that, nothing mage. But by the time I got to the checkout line, I knew I was going to get the lamp because the whole time I was in the store, people were walking up to me, talking to me about the lamp. Are you going to get that? Oh, you got the lamp. Oh, that lamp is so amazing. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm definitely getting it now. Remember, I told you guys, you got to play it cool in the thrift store. If you want something that somebody else has, you definitely don't want to be like, that's so amazing because they're definitely going to get it. You want to pretend like you don't notice them and just sort of follow them kind of far back and see if they change their mind and then don't run for it. You just got to wait a beat. And when they start to walk off, then you can go get it. But these people didn't know that. So they encouraged me to make a decision with their praise unbeknownst to them. So, of course, I got the lamp, too. Also posted a picture of that on my Instagram. You can go check that out. Again, that's Thrift Therapy Pod. Tell me what you think of it. I think it looks amazing. My future thought is to redo my upstairs office, put the rug and the lamp in there, and make it, like, really rich and maybe dark library-looking. So we'll see what happens. But right now, I have a place for both things, which makes me happy. I don't like to have things that I don't have a place for. And then today, I had another epic thrift haul. I went to my dollar spot today and scored 20 pieces of clothing for $23 and some really beautiful stuff for the thrift boxes. And I just want to tell you guys that the thrift boxes are all sold out, which just makes me just, I feel so happy about that. It just means that I think I, I think it means that people want that service, that I'm doing a decent job, and that if I keep at it, more people will want more. Right now, I don't want to take on new thrift boxers or thrift bags subscriptions yet. So I did start a wait list option. If you want a thrift bag and you haven't been able to get one, you can join the wait list option of the Patreon and support the show in the meantime with a dollar pledge. And as soon as there's an open thrift bag subscription, you will be the first to be notified. And it's first come, first serve on these. So that could be the difference between getting one and not getting one. They seem to be in demand. And I think the difference between the thrift bags that I offer and some other box subscriptions that you may get, there's a few that seem to be important. One is the, the items that you get are curated just for you based on the questionnaire that you get filled out and sent back to me. Unlike some other subscription services like Vintage Boxed, which you just choose a style and fill out a size questionnaire and they send you whatever they have. It's not curated just for you. They didn't go shopping for you. I do that. I go shopping just for you. 
And then I also, if you don't like something you got, if it didn't work or it was broken or something, if you email me about it, I'm more than happy to find you something you like better, right? So the only thing is, is that you're stuck with that. You can keep it, give it to somebody, or you can send it back to me if you want, but you would have to pay the postage for that. But if you just don't like it, just let me know and I will see what I can do for you. Uh, because I still want to keep the personal element, the stylist part on the subscription, which is why I'm not ready to open new levels just yet. Uh, the other thing that I think is special about the thrift, thrift bag service is that you get to keep every single item you get. It's not like I'm going to, you're paying me just to do the shopping and the styling. You actually are paying for the items in advance and you get to keep them all. So it's not like you're going to pay the $40 a month, you're going to get the items and then pay an additional amount, which meant a lot of clothing subscription services operate like that. That's not how the thrift bag works. I send you things that I got just for you and you get to keep them all. So that's pretty good, I think, and a lot of people seem to be pretty excited about it. A couple of people who subscribe to them have compared them to other box services and the other box services come up short. And so that makes me feel really, really special and like I'm getting to offer something special to each person who signs up. Thank you all so much for doing that. It's meeting one of my childhood dreams to be a stylish slash designer. So I'm having a really good time doing it. So those are my thrift hauls, and the reason I'm doing all this shopping is for the thrift bags, and then occasionally I throw in something for myself, like an amazing rug or a killer lamp. What a fun extra job I have. This side hustle is maybe one of my favorite side hustles of all time. Now that we're all caught up on thrifting stuff, I want to talk to you about the Podocalypse. Now, for those of you who don't know, the Podocalypse was a mini pod conference hosted by Lainey from True Crime Fan Club, which is a true crime podcast that I'm a listener of, and she is based in Austin, Texas. Now, I live very close to Austin, so when I heard about the Minicon, which was basically a meetup at a bar of a bunch of different mm -hmm. Texas podcasters, I knew I wanted to be involved. I'm going to walk you through my trip to Austin, the thrift hauls that I did, my time at the bar with the podcasters, and then what it was like for me afterwards. So stay with me on this journey. So I'm coming from San Antonio. So I, I think I get on the road about, I had wanted to get on the road at two o'clock, but one thing after another, I just couldn't do it. So I ended up heading out about 3.30 Made it to Austin about 5 o'clock, so that's only two hours before the meetup was scheduled to convene. That left me with just barely enough time to go to one or two thrift shops, was what I thought. So I had planned on going to Sabres on the south side of Austin over off of, oh, I forget the highway. Doesn't really matter. So I planned on going to Savers on my way into Austin because I knew there was one on the south side of the city and that was going to save me time from having to fight my way into the city. 
that's what I did. I went there and I ended up using almost the whole two hours there because my new assistant and my old friend, Alyssa, and her husband ended up meeting me there because coincidentally, they were in Austin for CatCon, which also sounded like fun, but it was outside in the heat and I just did, you know, no, I'd rather do the drinking indoors PodCon meetup. However, when I got there and finally found the bar, it was definitely outdoors, definitely no air conditioning, and in my menopausal state, I really thought I was going to die. I might as well have been at CatCon because it was so freaking hot. I'm not going to complain the whole time about how hot it was because that's not my style. I'm like a one-and-done complainer most of the time. I just need somebody to know that I'm unhappy and then move on. Well, I leave the thrift store. I did a little Facebook Live video. If you haven't joined the Facebook group, it's Thrift Therapy on Facebook. Go to the page, like it, and then request to join the group. And you can see the Facebook Live video I did from Savers before and after the meetup. The one I did before I did on Instagram, and I cannot figure out how to get a long play video on Instagram. Somebody needs to tell me how to do that. But now that I have an assistant for social media, hopefully she's going to figure it out for me because I don't know what the fuck. I just got one of those like uh, 15-second videos. Anywho, the prices at Savers were more than I wanted to pay for most everything, and I didn't find anything really astonishing that I was just super, super excited about. The only things that I walked out with that I thought were super cool was I got a bunch of copper measuring cups and a couple teaspoons and a couple scoops. I did really like those because I do collect those for my kitchen, and they were $1.99 each. That was cool, but... It wasn't worth a drive to Austin for, for sure. I was a little disappointed. Anywho, the PodCon meetup, I get there, and of course, being my punctual self, I'm right on time. There's only like two people there. None of them were podcasters. So I'm the first one there, basically. This is so par for the course. And I have social anxiety, so it never helps me that I'm a punctual person. Finally, people start to show up and I'm feeling more relaxed. I set up all my thrifted goodies. I took a little video of that and put it in the Facebook group as well. And it was really fun to give those out. In fact, that was probably my favorite part of the night was giving out all the little 99 cents tchotchkes I had collected over two month period. And I slapped thrift therapy stickers on them and I gave them out to anybody who would take one at the meetup. That was super fun. I got to meet a couple fans at the show who came specifically to meet me and to talk about thrifting, and they got little tchotchkes to take with them. Thank you so much for coming out. I really appreciate y'all. It felt neat to have you guys there to because you listen to the show. You know what I'm about. I wasn't having to explain it. That was really, really cool. So I met a bunch of cool podcasters, not all of whom I'm going to remember, but I do want to talk specifically about a few podcasters that left a big impression on me. First of all, I spent a lot of time talking to the ladies of Chatty Crafties because I already knew them and I think they're amazing and I have anxiety. I stuck with what I already knew for a while. 
Also, they brought these amazing hand fans for Chatty Crafties that I could not have lived without that night. Then I did venture out, and I'm glad I did because I met some cool people. Some of the people that I remember for sure are from Lone Star Law and Disorder podcast. They talk about true crime, obviously, but this crew, they were really cool. They were like the kind of people I would hang out with and drink beer and, you know, eat barbecue. And I really enjoyed talking to them. I met the host of the show, her husband, and one of her friends, and we sat around and and talked shit for a little while. So that was really fun. Check out their show. I think you'll like it. I also really enjoyed... My time talking with Austin, Texas Metal Podcast. Ryan, from he's the host of the show. It's ATX Metal Podcast. He was really funny, and we spent a lot of time making really funny jokes we thought were hilarious and talking about thrifting. His wife is a big thrifter. And music and film and just all kinds of bullshit. We had a good time. And I think we both were just happy to have someone to talk to. And hey, Ryan, big shout out to you and your podcast. Thanks for making me feel funny and and helping me have a good time. I really appreciated talking to you. And I meant when I said I'd love to have you and your wife come on the show and talk about thrifting. You can even argue about thrifting. I don't mind. I think it would be hilarious. Now, Ryan took... This really cool felted damask print candle holder that I had found. It was in this kind of deep olive green with a brass ring on the bottom. And he was super proud of it. And he was going to give it to his wife. But he had been drinking and he had this, you know, drinking idea to do some bourbon, do a shot of bourbon in it. So he had the bartender wash it and everything seemed okay. And then she poured some bourbon in it. And then uh, everything is fine for a bit. I left for a second. For some reason, I don't remember why. I think I went to the restroom and I come back. And there's glass all over the floor and people sweeping things up and wiping things up. And Ryan's just holding the brass ring and looking at me with a very sad face. (laughs) I couldn't believe it, but it fell apart. It broke. And he not only lost his bourbon, but he lost his gift to his wife. I was very sad about that. I tried to give him something else, but he decided the brass ring was good enough. Uh, But needless to say, it was a good time. So that was fun. If you're into metal music, you want to know more about the metal scene in Texas area, definitely check out their podcast. It's usually him and a group of guys talking about metal. And if they're as funny as Ryan, it's definitely worth a listen to. Seems like they have alternating hosts on the show sometimes. So, And they do interviews with music bands. Check them out. Another person that I really enjoyed talking to was the host of Whiskey Boy Radio. Now, Whiskey Boy Radio did something that I think was really, really cool. And the next time I go to a meetup, I think I'll take my mic and my laptop along just in case I want to do a live show. So Whiskey Boy Radio hosted a live show and they interviewed any of the podcasters who wanted to be on the live show. So I did my time, I waited in line, and I got on the show. I can't find a clip of it or I would play it, so if anybody finds a clip of it, let me know. 
But it was really funny. So there, at any given time, there would be like two or three podcasters with mics, the host of Whiskey Boy Radio, and his co-host. And they were like late night radio hosts, you know, very crass, very silly, very funny. And it was all really chaotic, but also really enjoyable. I had a really good time with them. And I have some pictures I can post of us. I also want to give a shout out to Lainey for putting the whole event together, and it was really cool to meet her. If you don't listen to True Crime Fan Club and you like true crime, you're really missing out. I also want to give a shout out to Kim Sanch from Thrifty ATX. She was on Thrift Therapy before as a guest, and she came up to hang out with me and sat with me and chatted with me while I waited to be interviewed by Whiskey Boy Radio. We chat a lot online. She has a blog called Thrifty ATX for about thrifting, so check her out too. Now, those aren't all the people that I met, certainly, and I plan to do a few collaborations with some people that I didn't mention, but I wanted to give a shout-out to these particular people because they really made my night fun and helped me work through my anxieties. And I really appreciated the quick-witted banter that we all had and the ease I felt around them. So they were very notable and stood out when I looked back over the night. The event was scheduled to end at about midnight. And uh, when I interviewed with Whiskey Boy Radio, it was just about 11-ish, I guess. And so quickly after that, I was all done and I wanted to head home. Now, I had to decide between heading all the way back to San Antonio or staying with my gracious friend, Candace, who had agreed to lend me her guest room. And man, I was really tempted to drive home, but I just felt like I had more thrifting to do. And I'm really, really glad I stayed. I had quite an adventure at Candace's house, too. In the morning, we got together and chatted about her photography. She's a fashion photographer. She's really incredible. And we put together some photo shoots, which I wasn't planning on doing. I was just going to crash there, say hi, chat a bit, hang out. But she's very creative. I'm very creative. And we just started brainstorming ideas. And before you know it, she was inviting me to do some styling for some fashion shoots for her under the name of Thrift Therapy, of course. So these will be thrifted fashion photo shoots. You have that to look forward to. I have that to look forward to. So Candace, thank you so much for a bed, a great conversation, an excellent cup of coffee, and some inspiration. I look forward to working with you. So after we chatted a bit about fashion and photography, I let her know that I was going thrifting and I asked her if she wanted to come along and Candace said yes. So we hopped in the cars, we drove to a thrift store, we went to another Savers and we had the best time. It was so fun. We were looking at photo shoot stuff. I was shopping for her. I was shopping for me. I was shopping for thrift bags and I met I really did find some really cool stuff there. I posted some pictures of my haul in the Facebook group and on Instagram. And I think the highlight item that I got from that particular thrift haul was this sleeveless kimono style duster of white sheer lace with a vintage blue and black bird cotton trim in this kind of tribal design. It's really cool. I've never seen anything quite like it. I definitely will make sure and post a picture of just that item, too, so you can get a glimpse of its uniqueness. I had so much fun, and both times on the way in 
I thrifted. On the way out of town, I thrifted. And both times I got to do it with a friend. That was really exceptionally fun. I appreciate both Alyssa and I appreciate Candace for going thrifting with me. I'm making the kind of bookending the trip to Austin to the Badocalypse with some real treasure hunting. I enjoyed it so much. Overall, the trip was a great success. I will definitely do it again. I've already been in touch with Lainey, who plans to do some more of these Texas meetups. And I hope to join in some other cities when it fits my schedule. Keep a lookout for that. So Amber Moreno and Angelica Norton of Chatty Crafties are with me today. And I was on their show recently. If you haven't listened to the interview they did with me, go check it out. The name of the episode is Idea Machine. And on this episode, you're going to get to hear how we came up with the title. So Amber and Angelica have known each other for 20 years. They met in high school, which honestly makes me a little jealous. I always wanted to have that experience, but my family moved around a lot. So the next best thing is to know people who've been friends that long. It's really, really heartwarming. And they seem to have such a strong affection for each other that I like being around them. They're absolutely charming and wonderful people. Now, their podcast is really cool. If you haven't checked it out, I'm going to play a trailer at the end of this episode so you can get a taste of what they do. But they chat with their crafty friends and artists about what makes them creative, what helps them be performers, if that's what they do. And Angelica and Amber have a way of asking them questions that get them talking about themselves and letting you see into their creative process. So really, please go check out Chatty Crafties wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm going to now cue up the interview with Angelica and Amber. Hi, you guys. Thanks for coming on Thrift Therapy. Hey, Levi. Hi. Thanks for having us. I'm glad you're here. I like what you're doing in your podcast, so I really wanted to have you on, give you a chance to talk about yourselves for a bit. Why don't you introduce yourselves and then tell everybody about your podcast? Sure. I am Angelica, and I am the host of Chatty Crafties. I'm Amber, and I produce and edit the damn thing. Yes. So you don't hear her very much during the episode, but she is the bookends, her lovely voice. Too kind. I like that. I don't know how to be that person, so I envy you a little bit. Like, there are times when I want to be that way, where I'm like, oh, I'm just in the background. I, I know what's going on, but I don't have to talk about it. Like, I, I guess I admire you. How about that? I guess that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she keeps order, if nothing else. Yeah, I feel like if I don't talk about what's going on in my head, I will forget it or something. Like, I, it just feels, like, so important to do something with it and, and maybe to mark it somewhere. So, I don't know. I got to work on that. I'm going to work on that. Use Post-its. post it. Oh, my God. I tried that recently. And then I walked into my office yesterday, and there were two Post-its, just two. And I was like, I don't know what these mean. What was I thinking <laughs> when I wrote this? Like, I already forgot it. I have have 15 post-its all around my desk at any given time. I make notes. No. Mm -mm. I can't. 
It's too messy, first of all. I would have to repurpose them into some kind of art piece. <laughs> like, let's make a post-it gallery. <laughs> oh, I like that. Hey, that would be kind of fun. You should do that. <laughs> they would be repeating lists as I mark things off, and then I've got to have a clean list, and I keep going through. And 15 of them are grocery lists. It's a <laughs> disgrace. Oh, my gosh. Well, you guys, I was recently on their podcast. And it was really fun, and they interviewed me. And now I ha- I just had a better answer to a question that they asked me. Um, well, you can you can drop that, and we'll just insert it right <laughs> into That's magic. <laughs> That's funny, because it was like the post-it note thing, but I already forgot it, see? So we can just move on. Oh, yeah, it, it was the like idea machine, because that is probably – Something else that's really common about, I will have an idea like every 20 minutes and I'll be like, you can have that. I'm not going to do anything with it. Go ahead and take it because there's another one coming. That's your creative identity is the idea machine. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Well, title your episode that. The idea machine. Like there's no shortage. I've learned to just trust it. Yeah. (laughs) Trust your gut. That's what creativity is. So you guys are pretty creative, and I'm imagining that you have artsy, craftsy things that you like to do. What yes. are they? Um, well, I write. Um, it started out with poetry, and right now it's fiction. Um, I draw and paint from time to time. Um, I sew new items like baby blankets or altering clothing, um, and... Amber and I both blogged for a while until it started to feel like a job. Um, But I spend the majority of my time designing landscapes. So I, um, in my day job, I'm a landscape designer. Uh, My undergrad was in creative writing, but I went to grad school for landscape architecture. Wow. that's that's my thing. And then I take photos of the landscapes um, and we're a design build firm. It's Open Envelope Studio. And so about 96 of the 100 built projects that we have, um, I took the photos for and I edited them. And so I'm, I'm all over the place. Um, Very I think cool. That's, that's a, a pretty easy thing to say about anybody creative is that they're all over mm-hmm. the place. What mm-hmm. a what a mess. Um in my day job, I'm a freelancer, so I do a whole lot of rando stuff. I Right now, I'm kind of moonlighting as a, a personal organizer, and I've been getting some jobs. It's been really good because it's definitely like satisfying my need to puzzle and put things in their home and, and find homes within homes and just go inside. Mostly, it's in my head where I'm doing all the work, but all I have to do is, is look out and see that, oh, this fits in that tiny nook. And that's something that helps me sleep at night. But I think mostly um, I want to give a quick shout out to Austin Creative Reuse. Oh, yeah. And um, it's this little spot and they take donations and they sell things at a fraction of the, the cost. And I ended up going recently and getting a massive bucket because they sell stuff, the stuff by, by the, the bucket, bucket. <laughs> for like $5 for, for the entire and bucket. And I got a huge bucket of all of these fabric swatches, upholstery swatches, and I covered up this horrible looking fake leather chair with all these fabric swatches. And I finally finished the damn thing. Oh, and, you. you know, like now I don't even want to sit in it because it's finally <laughs> done. But it's, it's getting its use. And I think that's kind of what I gravitate to creatively is like, absolutely finding something cheap and absolutely putting it in its place. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I love that. I'm going to really need a picture of that chair. Sure, sure. Yeah, for sure. I think um, you both said something that grabbed my attention about your job. So one of you does the landscaping, right? And then you're doing the reorganizing. And something that immediately came to my head was like, what if they fuck it up when you're all done? (laughs) Like you've done this beautiful landscape and you drive by like two months later and everything's dying. And then you've done this great organization job and you come in and everything's a fucking mess. Like what happens? It, you know, you feel like a surrogate because when we design these landscapes, they're our babies. And when we hand them off to the clients, we're like, oh, okay, you know, take care of it. We, we love it. Give it hugs for us. And then we might snoop by. It's true. We do drive-bys for a lot of our projects and take a peek. And what's actually really nice is to learn from the landscape as it evolves because it is this changing thing. It is an art piece that is not stagnant. So the plants are growing and they're seasonal and they might die back as something gets bigger. So there's something to learn from it, even as a landscape might not be taken care of. And then occasionally I'll get a call from someone like I did the other day and they want us to come check on it and do some maintenance and so I can go take care of my baby so they can do whatever they want with them. But I still hold some ownership, some stewardship over the landscape even after we're done. I think stewardship is exactly it. Because when I walk out of a space, I'm feeling so fancy free, like I've done it. And when I reenter a space much later and it's gone to shit, I feel like I've failed because I did not install a system. Mm. And I didn't, you know, I only did the object work. I didn't, I didn't work with the human who was going to be handling and living in the object. Wow. So you really take it personally then. You're like, oh, I failed. (laughs) (laughs) You know, some of it is just our own fucked up heads and you probably did everything right. And we're just like, yeah, I thought I wanted plans. Short of, of get them to therapy and like, yeah, you know, change the way they work. Hire as a, a housekeeper human. for them. Yeah, totally, totally. You can't do that with everybody. They kind of have to want to do it. Do you think that people have more buy-in if they're paying for something, or is it more like, oh, we have disposable income and we want these nice things, and then they just move on and forget about? It? I mean, like, what's your totality of experience with people paying for your creative services? Um, Well, for me, the landscapes are really high end. So, I mean, I wouldn't be able to afford my own services. But, um, you know, someone is paying sometimes the price of a car or sometimes the price of a house for us to revamp their landscape. So they are much more invested emotionally And so they kind of take into account that they need to get an irrigation system or have a maintenance crew come. So they put systems in place to kind of make sure that their investment keeps going for them. So it's not like a fancy free, like, oh, this is cool. And then they forget about it. They're they're really wanting to spend time in the space and engage with it is what I've found. I would I would agree. I think that anybody I've ever worked with does have a buy in and they feel like they want to honor their space because it's it's been blessed it's Mm -hmm. been healed they want to keep it up and i know that when i go to a doctor and somebody i have paid for advice that advice tends to stick with me Mm -hmm. 
I've noticed something similar to that in my therapy practice. I, um, when I started as a therapist out on my own, I still offer a sliding scale because it's just one of my values that I think that therapy is at its core useful to all human beings because we have minds and minds are really complex. So that means that people who are low income or who maybe uh, have a lot of financial drains should have access to therapy too, right? So that's one of my values. Yeah. And so I still do that, but I have learned through the years that there does need to be some kind of buy-in for people to change a little bit their habits. Definitely. And you have to make a living. You have to value your own um, thought process and something that only you can bring and people are going to you for a reason. So, you know, if you give that away, you're not valuing your own work that you've put into it to get where you are. Here, here. Yeah. I think it's an advertisement of your own value and your confidence. And so if you walk in and you charge a rate that you're proud of, they can kind of tell. And I think mm-hmm. that they're a little more eager to pay it. That's interesting. I, I do have, um, so I, I, because I don't suffer with humility, I am, um, <laughs> <laughs> or modesty or politeness or any of those fucking things. I don't really, I just don't really care about that stuff. Um, I, I don't have a problem charging my full rate, but I do notice that a lot of people have trouble taking a discounted rate if they really need one. And I think that's a very interesting misconception that we have about people who have things and people who don't, is that um, the people who don't have want to pay more a lot of the time, Hmm. but they can't, and they don't always want you to know that. And so sometimes they will deny themselves services rather than uh, take that discounted rate. Yeah, I think a lot of people just don't even, they feel like they can just put up with what's going on in their head. They tolerate their, you know, emotional level because they're like, well, I've got to spend money on mortgage. I've got to spend money on groceries, but, you know, I can put off taking care of myself, my own Mm self-care. And for right after grad school, no, 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 right after my undergrad, before I went into grad school, I was having like a crisis where I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't want to write poetry books. I knew that I needed to kind of change careers and I went into therapy and it was sliding scale and I was so thankful for the sliding scale. And for a while I felt guilty, you know, I was like, am I quote unquote poor enough for this? Like, does this, you know, count? (laughs) Should I be poor? Do I have to kind of like give up certain things? Should I not have like a cell phone that works that brings me joy? Or should I not have a flat screen TV because I should really be saving that for, you know, whatever it is. So just like valuing what you spend money on and expressing it to someone who has reduced their rate for you is like a weird place to be. Yeah, I agree. Want that person to be like, well, if you didn't buy that TV, you could have paid me my full rate. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the way that we spend money is a really interesting 
window into our personality, our values, our past experiences. And that's one of the Mm -hmm. things I really like about thrifting and listening to people's own thrift stories. You know, Mm -hmm. it sort of gives me a sense of who they are and how they became that way. Anyway, boy, we went down a rabbit hole there. Let's see. (laughs) What are some of their favorite projects that you've done, each of you? Um, Art projects? Sure. Um, I recently posted on Instagram. The first thing that comes to mind every time someone asks me that question is the charcoal drawing I did of my dogs in grad school. It was supposed to be, um, of a landscape of the project I was designing. And I told my visual communications teacher, it's kind of like an art teacher. Um, I just want to draw my dogs. Is that okay? And she was like, well, I can't hang it up in the hallway with all the other classmates but sure draw your dogs and it has been my favorite picture favorite art piece I have to date very cool I like it I'd like to see that what about you what do you think your favorite project has been so far I think easily any house that I'm living in at the time and I'm a um I'm an eager renter. I really like moving. I really like getting into a new <laughs> space and making it my own. And I think that um, right now and any time in history, it's been my house because it's so dynamic and it's so easy to refresh. And anytime I walk into a room and I see a, a hanging that I have on the wrong side of the room, I get to jump in right away and like perfect it and, and bring myself a little joy. And it's cheap and it's quick and it's it's just instant gratification. So not to brag, but it's my house. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally relate to that. I get it. I, I see my house as like an extension of myself. And so, yeah. yeah, it has to get dressed and do things and it's got stuff to do. I think, you know, one of the quickest things I really love to do at home is, you know, you end up with all these fucking frames and they're beautiful and they're falling apart and you, you just can't get rid of them. <laughs> I have a big collection of greeting cards from throughout history and what better way to display them than in your fantastic frame. Mm. And five minutes later, you're working on a gallery wall. And, you know, <laughs> you just got so many beautiful greeting cards up on the wall. But that's, that's one cool. Of my favorite things. You get to see them. They're visible. It's great. I like that. When I was, um, I don't know when this stopped either. That's all. When you get to be my age, there are just parts of yourself you've just completely forgotten about. It's it's quite astonishing. Um, I, that reminded me of a story where you know I used to go into greeting card shops. I don't really like greeting cards. That's what I thought of in you. So I was like, oh, people keep those. That that always surprises me. Um, but I would just go into them sometimes and read them and really, you know, and uh, and I would read these. The funny cards, and I usually was with a friend or something, and we would just laugh and laugh and laugh, and then we wouldn't buy anything, and we would leave. So what I'm picturing when you say a gallery wall of greeting cards are really funny things. Is that, is that what's going on? Well, so let's let's picture um, an alligator coming up out of the water, beautifully drawn by some anonymous person who made this card, and it said, drop in any time. Yes. Um, you know, or there's like a beautiful, like hand embossed card that has all the cloud formations on it. 
Okay. And, you know, that's kind of like a little personal scrapbook item that I'm like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of that guy who really liked clouds. And now I never have to let go of that, you know. (laughs) I mean, I'm talking vintage greeting cards that have fantastic art and really fine line work and no, you, I ain't gonna walk up in a no Hallmark store. And anything. <laughs> but yeah, from an estate sale, yeah, those are on my wall. Very cool, very cool. I'm glad you clarified because I was really picturing a Hallmark store. You know, the one with the old lady who's always like saying really crass things, like that. That's what I was picturing. Yeah. No, 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 don't stay out of there. <laughs> it's a listen, funny place to visit. <laughs> if you need some laughs, go to a. I forgot that this is a fun thing to do. Oh yeah, or precious, precious moments. Oh, yeah, no. Go I can't. Go precious mm. moments. I'm like, where are the cards that nobody buys? I want to look at those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people write weird things in cards. I don't uh, – because they don't ever say anything that's about me, really. I don't really want the card, but I do like to read them. I think they're funny. Uh, I like to read what other people write to who they think whoever they think they're talking to <laughs> I don't know you know like, like novels and cards it's never like do that. you well or <laughs> happy birthday there's so much blank space I, I fill it up <laughs> I fill every page and then whatever is like pre-printed I've like written around it and then I go on the back yep. page so it is just a an emotional brain dump for whoever I'm sending it to a love note ditto and that's the only reason I ever buy a card. I don't know why I don't just buy stationery. Yeah. <laughs> just give me some stationery. Okay. Well, that's fun. I really like that idea because I do think for a lot of thrifters, they probably run into postcards and uh, just, oh, you know, yeah. cards and weird things at estate sales and stuff. That you, That's a great idea to do that. I really like it. It's cheap art, right? Very it's pretty cheap. pretty cool. Okay. So – have you done a project that you just really fucked up? Like you just couldn't save it and you had to trash it and you just start mm-hmm. over? See, with design, revisions and iterations are part of the process. So I feel like I've never abandoned a project. Um, it's more you just keep working through it or you keep painting on it or you keep sewing a thing. So I, I'm not, I'm a finisher too. Like you mentioned, um, Amber, do you have one? You know, I can't claim to be a, a consistent finisher, but I cannot remember any project that I fucked up or gave up on. I think if anything, I've blocked that out. <laughs> so <it's been> done. <laughs> my life. No. I just gave up on my life. I just blocked that <laughs> shit up. Forget it. Pack it up. No, we make no mistakes. No. We make no fatal mistakes. We are perfectionists. Well, I think, I honestly, if I think about that question for myself, I'm sure I've tossed, yeah, like some sewing projects, I've just been like, fuck it. Because by this time, I've ripped out too many seams and cut too Mm -hmm. many things. And it's just, no, it's just not happening. Yeah. Frustration at all time high. Oh, especially with sewing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think also, yeah, I've had some sewing projects oh. go wrong, but those are blocked out now. They're gone. <laughs> what is the sewing you speak of? I don't understand that. What is that thing, sewing? What? Yeah, yes. why? Just, why would anyone sew? Why do we do it? But then afterwards, <sighs> and you'd be like, got it fitting just right, or you got the zipper where it like curves around the little case you made. Oh, it feels good. And then you can give it to someone. Oh, it is a process I enjoy after the fact. Mm-hmm. I make jewelry, and I like that much better 
than sewing, even though I feel like they have the same sort of need for attention to detail and meticulous kind of motor functioning. Uh, Mm -hmm. A boy, it's so much more fun to work with less destructible fabric, you know, (laughs) like metal. Like a machine going (laughs) at it. Yeah, metal's better. Screw it. Yeah, I'd rather do that anytime if I need to do some meticulous things. But sewing is useful, right? Like sometimes you just need to put a button on a pair of pants. Yeah. Well, what do you think about thrifting? How does it inform your personal crafting projects? Hmm. I I can't bring myself to buy anything ever. It's real hard for me to pull the trigger on um, lots of things. So um, like I mentioned before, we've got that crafting reuse store and that's as much as I can spend physically with my hands. I can't put my hand in my pocket, pull money out and and pay anything. So like under five bucks, I'm sold. But yeah, I think I I actually have like a a miserly bone Mm -hmm. that really trips me up. So I'm a thriftaholic if I had to say so. I think that one of the things that kind of brought Amber and myself together, like in our friends in high school, so we're we're really old friends, um, what we would do kind of after school or like on the weekends, we would go shopping in Goodwill or Savers or something like that and, you know, kind of develop our identity in high school where you're trying to figure it out. Um, with just the tiniest bit of disposable income that we had and, um, you know, find a pair of corduroys or like find a sweet eighties t-shirt that nobody else had. And so we felt unique. We felt like there's nobody else that had this really looking back, not a particularly flattering outfit, but very expressive. Yeah. I'll say no one was walking around school with a bathrobe on that I fancied to be a trench coat. (laughs) The finest shade of royal blue. That was a bathrobe. (laughs) (laughs) I I wore that bathrobe a long time and then someone kind of shook me out of it and said, hey, what's a bathrobe? I said, I know it's a bathrobe. (laughs) But I'm sleek, man. And it has pockets, so fuck yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Bathrobe pockets are the best pockets. They've got those big square pockets on the front, right? Yes. Love that shit. so much in there. Why aren't all pockets big and square like that? It's patriarchy. It's patriarchy. (laughs) That wants us to keep purses and then that's something else that we buy and I just refuse to do it. I keep only things with me that I can either keep in my hand so my phone in in my wallet are one and the same. I clip my keys onto my um, belt or waist somewhere and that is it. I think we could have a very large conversation about what's in anybody's purse at any one time. I'm not giving up my goddamn purse, but I want some pockets. I want both. I want pockets and purses. I want all of it. It may be a rolling backpack. All of it. Give me a- like I said before. My essential oil spritzer that I like to keep on hand. I mean, I just, okay, I'm going to leave my house with stuff and I'm going to gather stuff and I'm going to come back with stuff. So I need lots of things. I need pockets, purses, and vapes. And a car. My car is my purse. There oh, you go. Wrecked. Right. It's, it keeps oh, the chaps. Last time I was in your car, it was frightening in there, there. There are a lot of pairs of shoes from my kids. <laughs> the clothes that they. A lot of soil. Disembar- oh, mostly soil. There are pa- plants that make it through there. I've got 
you know, my grocery bags that the kids don't put back. There's just, there's a lot of stuff that hangs out in that car. I try and clean it. It just, it's a relic at this point. Yeah. You got, I mean, you got to have a place to put your stuff. So it's it's just the way it is. One large pocket. Mm -hmm. So let me test you guys thrift level. Let me see what's happening there. I'm ready. You can each answer uh, consecutively. Whoever okay. wants to go first. Who's going first? Amber? I'm going to go. You're yeah, going to go first? Ready. Okay, ready. she's ready. All right, how often? Easy once a week. Sweet. Hmm. Uh, once once every six months for something <gasps> serious. Okay. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> I don't spend money. Yeah, well, you need to get over that because let me tell you why. A lot of times when people don't spend money, it's because they don't feel that they deserve it. Or they have some narrative in their head that they need to challenge about who does deserve it or what's bad about money. Money's just a tool. What do you need? Go get it. Right. Okay, there. So yes, I hear that. (laughs) I I also end up with clothes from friends for free, though, that just end up at my house and they look so good that there's no need for me to go buy more clothes. So it's like beyond thrifting. Free clothes. Oh, I see. I like free. Free's good. I might need Get to you amend to her answer because she lives not in a tiny home, but in a small house. And yes. she can't quite afford to ah. bring stuff home. Where would it go? I would have to move something out to put something in. Yeah. You it's know, I get that. square feet. Oh, Lee, shit. That is a tiny home. Yeah. Yes. And there's four people in it and, and animals. a dog and a cat. There's a yeah. kitchen in it. You don't need any more shit. I get it. No, no. You'd have to get rid of no. one of your kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You can yeah, threaten you them with that. In a bunk bed. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that changes things, right? Because that's about space. Right. Uh, not about money. But people have a weird relationship with buying things. And I think it's important to look at that sometimes. Like, it's okay mm-hmm. to treat yourself. It's okay to work for your money and then spend some on yourself. But yeah, yes. you don't want to yeah. overindulge. You definitely yeah. want to live within your live within your lifestyle for sure. My, yeah. My husband it, does some retail therapy. It's mostly like music equipment that yeah. he will like buy and then like sell a thing to like buy a new thing. And it is this endless, he gets something out of that. Yes. And I get something out of an article of clothing that I give a new life to by altering it. And then I take care of it for years upon years and like Mm. bust it out for like a fun party that I, nobody has seen since high school. And I've just, you know, embellished it somehow with some jewelry that my mother gave me. So I hoard. And if something fits in my tiny closet that I really want to make room for, I will make room for it. Okay. So list or spontaneous? Spontaneous. List. Okay. Well, that makes perfect sense, right? If you're going every week, you can be spontaneous. If you're going every six months, goddammit, you better have a list. (laughs) I love it. Going to um, a wedding on a beach in two weeks. My cousin's getting married and there was a specific, like, I need a maxi dress that looks a little fancy. And so... I like went to 10 different stores and got my entire wardrobe for the beach in one day. That's lucky. For like $100. That's amazing. One of the things that I like about what you said about your husband, I'm still thinking about that, is that he has an in and out cycle with uh, how it's the only way to work. It's It's the only way. And I do that too. And that's, you know, that way I feel like I'm in doing my self care, but I'm not like 
har- I'm not adding problems. I think that's right. important for people to keep thinking about. Don't add problems. Solve problems yeah. with thrifting. It, it takes work to move it out. So it does. What you do, you know, selling the articles of clothing that you find and what my husband does, he does it on Craigslist and like, you've got to know how to market it and, you know, move the uh-huh. things and know what to price it. And like, to me, that's a lot more work than I want to put into it. Um, but gosh, if you can do it, more power to you. Now, I think that's a good boundary. These are, I guess maybe these are boundary questions. Some of them, I hadn't thought about it that way. Good <laughs> point. All right. Thrift gods. You, Libby. I mean, I I think that you've made that clear. Oh, shit. All right. Well, I have a new status, everyone. <laughs> Don't forget to act accordingly because I'm now a thrift god. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you've known. Think- High fives. <laughs> what about you, Angelica? Do you think that they're thrift gods? I think that um, pieces find me. Like when I try it on, I'm like, I have such a, a diff, I have a very broad shoulders. I'm like five, six and a half. Cause that half inch counts. Um, I like when I make a dress form with my shape, it's really hard to find. And so when a piece of clothing fits me perfectly, I'm like somebody, someone up there. Are you saying the universe is the, your thrift God? Are there thrift gods is oh, what I'm taking oh, from this question. Um, I feel like someone up somewhere directed that article of clothing to me and it found me i like it you feel blessed hashtag blessed hashtag blessed hashtag live love laugh (laughs) so alone or with friends alone with with friends okay every six months with friends and a list (laughs) well let me tell you you're high maintenance but you're not an expert okay (laughs) i like it yes yes i need another set of eyes because Mm. my eyes glaze over after a while because i'm there for hours going through everything and so i need someone to be like hey isn't this exactly what you were looking for and i can be like god that was right under my nose (laughs) that's funny and I Y'all feel are like I'm going to be somewhere so long, I couldn't possibly ask someone to go with me. <laughs> yeah. I like to be on my own and, and take all the liberties I can. I think all us expert level thrifters, we need a significant amount of alone time to thrift really well. We need to not be monitored in any way. I can shop with my husband. We can like go like if somebody has the kids for crying out loud, that's the only way. Um, And we can just kind of peruse at length and an hour later we'll be like, oh, God, should we like wrap this up? So, you know, there's alone time with someone else and I can like pop my earbuds in and listen to a podcast and like go go through the racks. I see what you mean. I I don't know how I'm not going to levy a judgment on that because – um, in my new godlike status, I have to learn <laughs> to be more uh, beneficent. Humble. And mm-hmm. uh, so, best or worst thrift moment? What you got, Amber? Okay, so I got. I've got to send you a photo because it's. I went into one of my usual spots. If you're, uh, if anyone listening lives in Austin, I'm speaking of top drawer thrift, and I found this single curtain panel and. God willing, I'm going to find another one before I die. But it's just got some beautiful palms on it. And it was, you know, a buck. And it just 
inserted itself right onto my kitchen wall and it gives me a little taste of the jungle every morning (laughs) that was maybe like one of my best moments in recent history that I can think of because I get to enjoy it every day love it um we kind of as high school kids were always on the lookout for costumes and so anytime I find like you know a sateen 80s prom dress that as a 37 year old what am I going to do with this in real life? But I'll still kind of tuck it away. And I just know one of our friends is going to have a little party and like dress up means something different to us than it does to the rest of the world. And so we'll come in the most eccentric costume we can. It's not about looking fancy in the formal sense. So I've got a couple sweet, sweet dresses, prom dresses in my closet. That's hilarious. You know, I would guess that the worst thrifting moment for any thrifter is finding something that belongs to you Mm -hmm. and that you need to go home with, but it is priced unfortunately high. Mm, Or doesn't fit. Or doesn't fit. But I think really when you're thrifting, you've got got a, a money cap in your mind. And when you find something that should be yours and it's, you know, someone priced it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty crushing. Yeah, I get angry about the pricing lint, but I feel tragically sad about the one that isn't in my side that I absolutely need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have different emotions for those two things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, now I feel sad. <laughs> well, I've got a little tip. I just thought of it from something not fitting. So when you are in a thrift store and you're getting things to see if they, if you should try them on, If you put, if you make a fist and make a right angle with your arm, this is supposedly your waist size. So you can slip it into a pair of pants from your your elbow to the front of your fist. That's what skinny (laughs) bitches would say. There is no fucking way. There's no fucking way. Then you pull taut the pants that if it fits from your elbow to the front of your fist, it will fit on your waist. I Maria's mom told me that okay, when listeners, I was 15. <laughs> the pants challenge is on. Please let Levine know if this works. Yeah, I'm going to be trying this shit. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to send you a picture so you can know how I'm describing because I might be describing it weird. God, I hope this is true. It will save you so much time. Yeah. And what about the hips? Because the hips are such a Stretch. wild card. And how much have I eaten the day? Does my elbow to knuckle ratio change with the amount of food that I've eaten? I mean, it's... I don't know. I'm skeptical. It's not a perfect science because our bodies fit differently. But it's like a, oh, is this going to fit me? And you put your arm in there and you're like, nope, it'll save you some time. No, I'm all about the time saving and I am definitely going to try it. Like there is no question that I'm going to try it. But I remain skeptical until proven wrong. Well, that's it. I asked all the questions and man... Thanks, you guys, for coming on. I had a really good time talking with y'all. I look forward to listening to the podcast that I was on with you. And I look forward to all my listeners learning about you and your thrifting habits. Well, thank you so much for having us. It was really, really fun. Yeah, thanks a lot. I enjoyed that so much. I really, really like those gals. And I feel like if we lived in the same city, we would hang out all the time. I might just have to make it happen anyway. 
So thanks everybody for tuning in to Thrift Therapy this week. I am so much enjoying having this podcast and all the listeners that reach out to me. It's just such a pleasure. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. This really helps us get exposure, helps other thrifters find us, and builds a stronger community. Also, be sure and check out our website, Thrift Therapy Pod. It's growing all the time. We always have new things there. And every link to everything else we do, all of our stores, any merchandise we might have, blog posts, you can find everything there on the website. That is the hub of Thrift Therapy. Well, I'm going to leave you guys with a clip or a trailer for the Chatty Crafties podcast, and I would love it if you would go visit them on their webpage, listen to their episodes, and see what they're all about. Stay thrifty, everybody. This is Angelica Norton. And this is Amber Moreno. I produce and I host a podcast called Chatty Crafties. I chat with our crafty friends about what drives them to make, perform, and create. It's not about perfection. No. It's about expression. We invite you to peer into the lives of our guests' creative processes and inspirations. We hope to excite those who assume they're not creative and support those who may have forgotten that they are. Honestly, I just want to celebrate and absorb their creative energy to try new things. So it won't sound so daunting for me to, oh, sew a swimsuit, tell a story on stage in front of strangers, or get back into painting. So find us at chattycrafties.com for a new episode every Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Now go make some art.